0: The pandemic, social unrest, the state and the White House. You are listening to The John Petro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it is 106. And you're listening to the John DiPietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program, folks, is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop it and see them. Today's a nice day. Pop in, a great meal. See some friends. They're waiting for you. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, the Lodge Pub and Eatery. I want to thank Bruce. If um, folks, if you go to the log on to the website. Again, it's uh John DePietro on this on this Monday, Valentine's Day after boy, the whole country is a little bit of a malaise after the Super Bowl. But uh, I want to thank Bruce. If you go to log on to the website, com, and if you go scroll down a little bit to the dashboard, that's what they call it, you'll see contact John. That's a, the best way, reach me directly. And various people send me articles and thoughts and so forth. It's very direct. I wanna thank Bruce who sent over this uh, piece by Grover Norquist, who we're actually, I believe we're going to have him on the programming later this week or next week. States get serious about tax cuts. Eight states have no levies on income. And lawmakers in other states are moving towards that goal. Folks, this is again where Governor McKee in Rhode Island is really going to be an outlier. So congressional Democrats are debating which tax, which taxes to increase. This is a piece, as I said, the Wall Street Journal, while the Biden White House is negotiating a worldwide cartel to limit tax competition. But in 50 states, the dramatic increase in tax competition provide the best government at the lowest cost. Economists have noted the power of interstate tax competition for jobs and investment. Uh, 2020, 10 states gained the most residents from domestic in- migration, and an average total Tax and local tax burden percentage of income 7.7, notably lower than 9.9 of 10 states that lost the most residents. See that? So you can do a link between people moving to states and moving away from states regarding taxes. First, two years of working from home during COVID taught employees and employers it isn't necessary to live in high-tech states. Second, thanks to the limits on the deductibility of state local taxes— Blue states with high-income property taxes no longer have the cost of their high-tax policies hidden and subsidized by reduced federal income taxes. Third, Americans have noticed that high-tax states, listen to this, don't provide better roads, education, or other services. I want to repeat that because it's very notable in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And Rhode Island taxes are worse than Massachusetts. Americans, I'm going to change that to Rhode Islanders, have noticed high-tax states like Rhode Island don't provide better roads, education, or other services. Florida, 22 million residents, has no income tax. The state spends half as much as New York, 20 million residents. New York has a top state income tax of 88 soon rising, by the way, to 10.9, was the only state to raise its personal income tax rate during the pandemic. Fourth, state leaders have discovered they can reduce marginal income tax rates by relying on triggers that permanently reduce state income tax when revenues rise above a predetermined spending limit. Uh, North Carolina provides the best example of this strategy over the past seven years. Now, Eight states have no personal income tax. Alaska, not sure I want to move there. Florida, Nevada, no personal income tax. South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Wyoming, and and, uh, Washington and Wyoming. Now, Florida, Texas, and Tennessee are three states that are seeing tremendous growth of people moving there. Now, listen to this. Two more states have already enacted laws to phase to zero. New Hampshire, which never taxed wage income, voted in 2021 to phase out its tax on dividends and interest over five years. Under the leadership, Senate President Chuck Morse. Louisiana, under the leader, leadership of Senate Majority Leader Sharon Hewitt, has set a path to reduce its income tax every year triggers are met. Triggers could take their income tax to zero by 2034. Um, Ten of the states have begun the march to a zero rate. West Virginia Senate has drawn down state income tax. So has the state house in uh, North Dakota, Mississippi, uh, Arizona. The governor was reelected, state goal, driving the income tax to zero. Last year, the legislature, again, led by the House Majority Leader, passed a phase-down personal income tax. North Carolina has been on the path. Folks, you see a a pattern here. States, Arizona, North Carolina, where people are moving. North Carolina has been on the path to zero individual corporate rates. House and Senate begin revenue trigger facilitated tax reform. Um... The now flat personal income tax will fall to 3.99, and the corporate rate 2.5 will zero out over the next decade. Wisconsin announced their goal: eliminate state income tax. Uh, Iowa has a plan to reduce personal income tax to a floor for a flat 4% over four years. Oklahoma promoting a significant income tax reduction. South Carolina. A commitment to can't cut the state income tax. In Arkansas, former Trump press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is the Republican candidate for governor, running on a promise to end income tax. Lawmakers in Washington can warn these examples. Or today's congressman and senator may be replaced by governors and state legislators who have demonstrated what works. So, again, the part about this at 112... And again, folks, you're listening to the John DiPietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Is right now, Rhode Island, Governor McKee, who I want to remind people was not elected. He is finishing out the term of Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, who then joined the Biden administration. She's the Commerce Secretary. But Rhode Island, right now, between surplus. And uh, COVID money. Governor McKee is sitting on two or was $2 billion. And at no point does Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. Do you hear him talk anything about cutting taxes? Hear him cut anything about cutting sales tax, income tax on people? Instead, he's going to give $18 million In bonuses to state workers. Folks, that is complete mismanagement. I want to remind people he hasn't been elected of anything. Now, right now, it's February, Monday, February 14th. So we're midway through, and this has been a hard winter, but we're midway through. The big bright spot, again, if you're just getting in the car, that is incredible news. That the Providence College Friars, the PC Friars, are now ranked eighth in the country, and tomorrow night they host number ten Villanova, a top ten matchup tomorrow night at the at the, uh, the the Civic Center or Dunkin' Donuts Center. But my point is, you know, look look at look at the map. The primary in Rhode Island, the Democrat primary and the Republican primary, by the way, for any primary primary day in Rhode Island it's late. Primary day in Texas is is first week of March. Rhode Island primary ridiculous. September 13th. So but you look at the map, let's go through March, one month, April. May, June, July is five months. August the primary is under in less than seven months. If Governor McKee loses that primary, he's out. If Governor McKee loses the Democrat primary to either Nellie Gorbea, Matt Brown, or Helena Folks, he's out. And maybe he wants a political comeback, but who knows? Still young enough. Governor McKee, I believe he just turned 70 this year. But my point is... And there's no one even challenging him on lowering taxes. It's not even discussed. His party, the Democrat Party, has become where the most they talk about is they're not going to raise taxes. But at no point is there any discussion on actually lowering taxes. The farthest they will go is that they're not going to raise the taxes. So, I mean, this... He is still touting this BS of number one. The Governor McKee put this out because Rhode Island is showed up to get vaccinated. We're number one in the nation for percent of population fully vaccinated. And yet the kids are still wearing masks until March 4th. Makes no sense at all. Um, in in masks in schools. Until March fourth, so I I I don't understand what is the point of being this um. What's the point of this number one when there's there's no benefit to the children, um, and they should have been and let alone Providence is still ridiculously going to keep the kids in. In masks, as a matter of fact. Still got to keep them in masks, um, which still doesn't make any any sense in any way. So, um, folks, right now at 117, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program, it's brought to you by Brother's Disposal. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal today. Call Brother Roland. If you would like to clean out, maybe get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brother's Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They also offer weekly trash collection services. But right now, on this Monday, maybe you're already planning to do some spring cleaning. Call Brother's Disposal and they'll deliver a dumpster your driveway. 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal. They're also on Facebook. It's Brother's Disposal. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John petro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, com. And when you're there, you can also uh, go into the shop or click on radio show if you ever miss... Any portion of the program, if you would like to um send me an email. It's very direct and easy to do that if you just go to the website, which is in fact depetro.com. And depetro.com, which is brought to you by uh Caldwell Banker Realty Pat Elston. It's Monday. It's Pat Elston. Call her today. You're thinking of buying or selling 20 years experience, licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's Pat Elston, 401. 401- and there's a link on the website at uh to pat elston who is just terrific and every time i mention her name i get the um the nicest uh emails of people responding and say they know her so again that's a a good way to get a hold of her so folks our news on this monday now i recognize that they're also going to be voting this week um and i i want to determine i don't Recall whether or not if it's in fact um, in committee or coming out of committee regarding voting. Uh, They definitely want to start to, uh, again, there's this whole push on voting uh, with the Democrats of the Rhode Island State House. And it's really just ridiculous. It's preposterous. Um, They're going to hear several bills. Now, this is, again, just in committee, Senate Judiciary, related to election law, including repealing voter ID. I don't believe, I I would be very surprised if it made it out of committee. I am not hearing that these are going to make it out of committee. But the fact that it's even being heard. Um, and these are the progressives. They want to think of that. They want to get rid of voter ID. Now, I want to be very clear to you right now at 120. Uh, I, I, I am not even convinced. I don't think voter ID is the problem. I don't believe, that. my opinion, I don't think voter ID is the problem. As I have talked about in the past, to me, the problem, it's not voter ID. It's, it's very lax of who can register to vote. And when you don't control who can register to vote, if you don't control who can register to vote, and then not only register to vote, but when you combine that with not only can anyone register to vote, but on top of that, all these mail ballots, there are people that are, in fact, voting who should not be voting. So now let's go with some of the sound. Lindsey Graham yesterday On this week with George Stephanopoulos, talks about and says he thinks President Trump... Stands a very good chance if he runs in 2024. So Let's
1: to hear it. Ask about your relationship yeah. with, President Trump and his with the Republican Party. You know, we showed your comments from January 6 at the top. The next day, you talked about the president's accountability for allowing the riot to happen. But you've also said the Republican Party can't win without him, and the 2024 nomination is his for the taking. So, where do things stand with you and President Trump right now? Do you support his comeback in 2024?
2: So number one uh, is his nomination for the taking in 2024 if he wants. He wants to be the Republican nominee for the Republican Party. It's his for the taking. Uh, My four comments were about the 2020 election. I am not contesting the 2020 election. I'd like to reform the system. The problems we found in 2020 need to be addressed. But the 2020 election is over for me. Donald Trump is the most consequential Republican in the Republican Party today. He has a great chance of being president again in 2024. If he'll start comparing what he did as president versus what's going on now and how to fix the mess we in, We're in, if he looks backward, I think he's hurting his chances.
1: Yeah, you said that to Bob Ward as well. You said the president was going to have to change if he wanted to be competitive in 2024. He doesn't really show any signs of changing. He continues to lie about the 2020 election. A couple weeks ago, he talked about pardoning the January 6th rioters. He called you a rhino, Republican in name only, because you disagreed with that. There's no evidence that the president is going to change.
2: Well, here's my statement about the president's situation right now. He's the most dominant figure in the Republican Party. I think Biden's approval ratings are in the tank because his policies are not working. For the president to win in 2024, he's got to talk about the future. He's got to talk about how to fix a broken border, how to repair the damage done through the Biden economic agenda, and how to make the world a safer place. I do believe if he talked about what he's capable of doing, And remind people what he did in the past, he has a chance to come back. If he continues to talk about the 2020 election, I think it hurts his cause and, quite frankly, hurts the Republican Party. He's planning to
1: come to South Carolina and campaign for primary opponents of two of your members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, Nancy Mace and Tom Rice. Is that helpful?
2: Well, again, uh, it's up to him who he wants to campaign for. I'm not worried about uh, us taking back the House. We're going to take back the House unless we really screw this thing up. What I'm looking for is an American first agenda, like we had a contract with America. You you remember 1994. Uh, What are we for as a Republican Party? How do we fix the problems created by the Biden administration? That's what I think is missing. We need a positive agenda to talk about how we can fix the future for America, repair the damage, rather than trying to purge the party. I think the best thing for the Republican Party is to talk about policy.
0: Now, folks, again, that is Lindsey Graham um, this week with Stephanopoulos. Good afternoon. Right now, it's 124. On this, uh, at least it's sunny out. There's a, an awful lot of snow out there, far more fell than I thought was going to. But this portion of the program is brought to you by the Kweesit Inn. A great meal is waiting for you, two twenty six Kweesit Avenue in West Work, Whether it's lunch, dinner, or just drinks in the lounge, you're going to have a great time at the Kweesit Inn. Um, it is, um, as I said, at least it is sunny out, and uh, the roads. Are, it's, it's still very cold out, by the way. By the way, it's going to be cold today and tomorrow. And then at least the rest of the week is when the temperatures really climb and then put some rain and get some melting. And I wouldn't be surprised by the time Saturday rolls around if a lot of the the snow is gone. But as far as President Trump, listen, you can't There's several factors of this. Number one, I actually agree this business of there's, there's a theme permeating with some media around here that. <clears throat> that feel that if someone wants to run for office and you're a Republican, so whether you're Jessica La, Senator Jessica, Jessica De La Cruz or former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung or you're Bob Lancia, or whoever, whoever's a Republican going to be seeking office, there's this attitude amongst the media of, well, they can't escape Trump. They got to talk about Trump, blah, blah, blah. Well, I would say conversely, I think it's the other I think. What, what people that are running for office like Democrats can't avoid is the situation with President Biden. President Biden is a very unpopular president all over the country. President Biden has a 35% approval pool rating in, Ro- in Rhode Island. I'll check what it is in Massachusetts, but it, it's not that much higher. I'm not even convinced it is higher. So President Biden... He won Rhode Island with 57% of the vote. His approval rating is down around 35%. So this notion that if you're a Republican running for office, you're going to have to answer about Trump. You're going to have to answer. I I would argue that the real problem is going to, I think, is going to be for Democrats that are going to have to answer for Biden. Biden's the one in office. President Biden is the one who's very, very unpopular. Uh, President Biden is the one that doesn't have a plan right now. President Biden, look at the inflation. They're even the average person, it's costing us at least two hundred fifty dollars extra a month, which has wiped out all the gains on on uh, on income. Um, uh, it's it's just. That is something people are going to have to deal with. But President Trump, it can't be denied. I know other people, because people ask me, people ask me about, you know, what do you think about DeSantis? What do you think about, listen, it, it's it's really simple. All of them pale in comparison to the main attraction. And what Lindsey Graham is saying is there's still just one main event, um, you know, and, and, and lack of a better analogy, but when you go to the circus yeah there's a ring on the left and there's a ring on the on the right but then there's the center ring then there's the next level it's like professional sports right there's professional baseball there's professional basketball and hockey but then there's the nfl so it's it's hard to anyone and and i get that there's a lot of people They don't like them and try to point to, let them keep talking about January 6th, the Democrats. I don't think that matters. They refuse to acknowledge of what you witnessed the summer of 2020. They want you to pretend that you didn't see what happened the summer of 2020. When Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the defund the police protesters destroyed every major city in the the country. And you're supposed to pretend you didn't see that. And they want you to believe that the looting and the burning and the destruction that happened in Minneapolis, in New York, in Chicago, in Wisconsin, in Philadelphia, in Atlanta, in Providence for that matter, in L.A., that a couple – a a number of people going inside the Capitol – and taking pictures of themselves wearing their hats and flags is worse than all the damage that you watched done the summer of 2020. That's what they want you to believe. But the problem is no one's believing it. And they're not going to give up on it either. Now, Nancy Pelosi was on this week yesterday with Stephanopoulos. And I get it. I get that a lot of people. Listen, She is, she's still the speaker for now. She is running for re-election as her rep. She will be, I'm sure, re-elected. She can't just, she's 80 years old, right? She can't say, I'm not. If she said, I'm not running for re-election, then, then they would move into a full-fledged panic. And she doesn't want that. Um, and the Democrat Party doesn't want that. But they can count votes. Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next speaker. Right now, on this Monday February 14th, Valentine's, I I am telling you, the Republicans are going to take over the House and the Senate because it's different of a president and the opposite party. President Biden goes beyond that. President Biden does not, not have the confidence of independent voters. President Biden, people can tell. And, you know, we all... Either have older relatives or have had older relatives. As they're older, and they're starting to decline, sometimes faster than others. Um, it doesn't. It it's just a reflection of who they are right now. And President Biden, I I would just argue he's an old seventy nine. He's been through a lot. There are people that are older. Than him that still seem a little that seem sharper, Diane Feinstein's eighty five years old. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley's running for re-election. I think he's eighty nine, or eighty eight, way up there. Uh, but Biden's an older seventy nine. He's been through a lot. Um, he he clearly we're seeing the problem with he doesn't have a full handle on a lot of the decisions. He basically goes out and reads the teleprompter. So, But Nancy Pelosi, right, she knows the game. She sees where things are headed. And one of the reasons why I'm telling you I believe a Republican is going to win that Congressional District 2 race is just because people are are fed up with the way things have gone and continue to go. All right, let's hear it. This is her yesterday with George Stephanopoulos on this week. ...weighing
1: down on President Biden's approval ratings right now. They're weighing down on Democrats as you head into the midterms. you say you're going to run again uh, this year? But 29 of your fellow Democrats are not running 29. for re-election. How are you about the midterms right now?
3: I I don't agonize. I organize. And we are fully intent uh, to win this election. Nothing less is at stake. Not I'm history. Well, forget history not We're talking
0: about forget the future. history You know, and, and, and when people say well here's the thing i mean it, it it's beyond not happening it's just a matter of how much folks five seats decide five seats if the republicans win five seats kevin mccarthy's the new speaker five and it's going to be more than that it's going to be a lot more than that forget history this is about the future They don't want to focus just how bad it's going to be.
3: The history says that presidents lose seats in the off year. Presidents gain seat on the on-year. We didn't gain seats when President Biden won. We worked together to win the Senate, win the House, and win the White House. It was cumulative, but it wasn't an increase. And one of the reasons that, in part, the president's party loses seats in the off year is because they gain so many on the on-year. We won. 40 seats into 18, 31 in, in Trump districts. In this year, with Trump on the ballot, we lost a third of those Trump seats. However, the people who survived in those Trump seats, it, with Trump on the ballot, uh, are, are in very good shape. We take nothing for granted. We intend, with, by redistricting, which did not do us harm, as people predicted, history and all that, uh, by recruitment, uh, great people coming forward and believing that we can win. With raising of money and attracting the support and the vo- raising interest in the volunteers, uh, we have every intention, every single day to do everything in our power. We have decided not to happening. win, and that's what we will but do. So if you maintain control, you can run for speaker again? That's not a question. My purpose right now is just to win that election. as to win that election. No way. Nothing less is on, not at stake happening. than the, our democracy. But very important in all that is what it means personally to the american people to their kitchen table issues whether it's whether they're going to be able to pay for food for medicine for rent children's education and the rest so our focus that unifies our democrats you talked about what may have divided a few of them what unifies us is the uh, is the empathy that we have for America's working families and the priority of meeting their need. Lower costs, bigger paychecks, lower taxes. I don't know
4: what they're talking about. All
3: paid for by making everyone pay the fair share. But the great president, I think his message. See, when we won in 06 and 08, we were left to our own devices just us kids. We didn't have a Democrat in the White House. Now we do. So we're even stronger in the ability uh, to win. And who is more empathetic uh, than Joe Biden? Who has a bigger vision, more knowledge, more strategic thinking about all this, more authenticity in associating with America's working families?
0: There's no way, folks, again, that is Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday, which George Stephanopoulos on, on this week. I, I I just don't think she believes that. I mean they're they're gonna get they're really gonna get hammered. Uh in, in and deserve to be, by the way, in, in the midterms. Um let's see. Governor McKee has extended his executive order allowing remote participation of public meetings through February twenty first. Meanwhile, the Massachusetts State House will reopen February twenty second. How do you have two states side by side, and one state just continues to be behind the other? I, I don't, I don't get that either. Um, let's see. You know, I didn't see Joe Biden kicked off America's favorite game by undermining one of his personal freedom during the Super Bowl. You know, I I haven't heard a lot about his Super Bowl interview his super bowl interview was that the whole thing with lester holt it certainly hasn't gotten a lot of play i'll say that but the uh, it it's it's pretty obvious that someone who is certainly not intimidated by president biden is in fact putin he is definitely not intimidated unfortunately by this american president by any stretch, as a matter of fact, um, I want to play. Now, this is oh, good. Let me play this. This is how uh, CBS has a piece breaking out how Americans are feeling about the economy. I want to uh, this was on yet, Face the Nation. CBS News,
3: elections and surveys director, Anthony Salvanto. Anthony, the pandemic is still impacting the economy. F- inflation rose at the fastest rate in nearly 40 years. How is that driving people's experience with the economy?
4: You know, when you look at the overall ratings of the economy, they are off their lows. Last month, 30% saying things were good. This month, 35 But that's still pretty bad overall. Those ratings for the economy still net negative. But when you ask people how... What is? they evaluate things because what is the economy well to a lot of people right now it is the prices they pay goods and services the prices they pay at the pump that's what they're thinking about when we ask them how the economy is now you know the administration and others have pointed out those macro numbers that you talked about the growth the jobs reports far fewer people say that they're looking at those when they evaluate things and the ones who do evaluate it that way are a little more positive but they're really outnumbered by the people who are judging it by things right in front of them i would add too that republicans say when they evaluate the economy they're thinking about joe biden so there's partisanship mixed into all of this too even though you might think it's just an objective measure and that's something we've seen for years no matter who's in the
0: white house margaret now
3: that anthony salvato great perspective i
0: think that's interesting that um, and and it's normal, by the way, but that when Republicans judge it, it's um, they're, they're judging Biden, as a matter of fact. You know, all this talk about January 6th, I, I still don't get why they it, that that is just like to me, another partisan situation. When I thought I and I asked people, by the way, folks, I learned from talking to you. Um, I asked people and i posted it of you know with president trump saying at a rally he would pardon the j6 protesters i thought why bring that up again why even drag that into the conversation again Yeah, when i posted it on my facebook page a lot of people were saying yeah i think that's fair especially you know with what happened with the the black lives matter protesters so there isn't an, an element of um of that. Now, I want to play. This is, um, again, Jake Sullivan talking about exactly what could happen with a Russian invasion
3: Already publicly claiming things are happening in the east of Ukraine in that Donbass region. Is that the flashpoint where you think things would start?
5: It is one distinct possibility, and and to your point, the Russian media has been laying the groundwork for this publicly uh, by uh, trying to condition their public that some kind of attack by the Ukrainians is imminent. And there is a kind of uh, bizarre quality to all of this where the Russians are claiming they are the ones who are, are under threat despite the fact that they have amassed more than a hundred thousand forces on the troops of uh, excuse me on the border of their neighbor, and they have done so not just on their own territory but on the territory of Belarus, which is the country of course that borders Ukraine to the north
0: you know and again what's different about this is in fact um, that th- they plan to portray and this is very significant they plan to portray what's about to happen as that they're the ones being attacked. That is a um, that's an interesting dynamic how they want to portray it. No, I also Jake Sullivan said Sunday ramping up it seems at any moment they could go in. Let's begin. This is White House National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. Russia, past days. Here we go.
3: You said an attack by Russia could happen as soon as this week. Are you seeing Russian troops move into tactical positions?
5: We have seen over the course of the past 10 days uh, dramatic acceleration in the buildup of Russian forces and the disposition of those forces in such a way that they could launch a military action essentially at any time they could do so this coming week Uh, but of course it still awaits the go order Uh, and so therefore we cannot predict the precise day or time that they may take action we also are watching very carefully for the possibility that there is a pretext or a false flag operation uh, to kick off the Russian action in which uh, Russian intelligence uh, services conduct some kind of attack on Russian proxy forces in Eastern Ukraine, or on Russian citizens, and then blame it on the Ukrainian.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. Um, that's what I think is going to happen, folks. Um, that's the level they're at. At one forty-two, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM thirteen eighty and ninety-nine point nine FM. I I believe that that's the level that they're at for misinformation, where they are willing to kill and attack their own troops. And they'll have footage of it, and they'll tell their people that it was essentially committed and done. Well, it's going to be interesting if it's, they say it's the Americans, but it's most likely they're going to say that it was done by by Ukraine. So let me see. There's another um, – I'm seeing someone is – am I seeing that there was another armed robbery? They're there robbing another – of, of opioids, a Providence pharmacy was robbed, undisclosed amount of opioids, this morning. 2nd armed robbery of a pharmacy in Providence for opioids in less than a week. 9.30 on Monday, Providence police responded to the Walgreens on Atwells Avenue. That's right on Federal Hill. Report of a robbery. Witnesses told police a suspect armed with a gun came from behind the pharmacy counter. Came behind the pharmacy counter, excuse me. The suspect demanded opioids, reportedly fled with an undisclosed amount, not cash. So 9.30 this morning on Federal Hill, right at that Walgreens. Now, that Walgreens, that's across the street from where that guy did this uh, armed standoff, the barbershop with the police, the We the People hair salon. And there was, he shot someone in the head in that parking lot as well. That's, the Walgreens is right next door to Tony's Colonial. Providence police reported they were reporting it, uh, investigating a report of armed man. Now, this was last Wednesday, and that was A.J. Pharmacy on Smith Street. That's right across from LaSalle Academy. Suspect came into the store, went behind the counter, gun, ordered everyone into the back room, demanded opioids. Undisclosed amount fleeing the store. So now... Walgreens, the one last week, that's at a small independent pharmacy, AJ Pharmacy. This is a Walgreens. Now, they have security cameras and the whole thing. But, folks, th- this business and, and the state, Governor McKee, is going to move ahead with safe injection sites. So you're going to get more drug users more drug users coming into the area. More. And that's serious drug users. And as we've learned, you know, they are, um, when you get people that are, you know, have a bad heroin problem, a bad fentanyl problem, a bad meth problem, uh, they go to extreme lengths to support their habit. And this is too Arm, Armed robberies, a lot of time with some of these robberies, if someone goes into a bank, they don't show a weapon, they pass the teller a note saying, I have a weapon, and uh, I want cash, blah, 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 um, and then they they take it, and then they flee. What's different about this is they have a weapon, and they're showing a weapon and they but they're not taking the cash they simply want the opioids that the pharmacy has so it's either someone that's desperate for it or someone that is selling it on the street seemingly one of, it's one of the two we don't know which one but now that is something that independent pharmacies they need to beef up security and be on the lookout because we reason to believe it's the same individual that is doing this, and they're out there. Folks, I wanna, um, I'm going to use this opportunity at 146. I want to remind you of some businesses that you should contact who can keep you and your employees and your family safe. One is Allstate Lock, experts in locking systems and building security. Call Danny Gruslin and Jared, 401-349-0042, online, allstatelock.com, residential commercial car keys, and security cameras. Now, the other uh, business that, again, you want to protect yourself is stop by and, and see my friends at Surplus Provisions. They're one mile from Garden City, Pontiac Avenue. On Facebook, Surplus Provisions. They have pepper spray, tactical gear, ammo. Um, you certainly want to protect yourself and your family. Stop by Surplus Provisions. Uh, pe- they have pepper spray. By the way, it's female-friendly store, but they have tactical gear. They have, have vests. They have everything you need, and on top of that, they do have... Things like uh, pepper spray and so forth. It's surplus provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. Well, folks, good afternoon at 148. It's the John DePietro Show. Uh, when you're on the website, very lot of unique original stories on DePetro.com and DePetro.com, which is sponsored by endzone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Hey, stop in Dana and Company. They run a great operation. Stop in great place, have a drink, watch your favorite team tomorrow night. PC against Villanova. It's clean. It's friendly, and they have karaoke on Friday and Saturday nights, starting at eight thirty. End Zone Sports Pub, nine sixty Menden Road in Cumberland. Boy, those robberies are um, are frightening. But the situation with um, the truckers, it's uh, <clears throat> without question, folks. It is. Um, I mean, I. I not only do I support. The uh, the truckers, but the what's happening right now and how they're being depicted shows you the irony and the hypocrisy. Uh, and these protests are going on all over, by the way. I'm seeing right now that in Rome, Italians are protesting implementation of super green pass mandates for workers over 50. So police in Rome shut down huge parts of the city in anticipation of huge protests uh, going on. I also see Biden attacks NFL ahead of Super Bowl of a shortage of black coaches. You know, that did not get a big play in uh, as far as that interview. And, I, you know, I didn't the entire time. I followed the news pretty close yesterday, but. I um I did not catch anything on that. I know he was urging people to be careful watching the game. But he just seems to be a little unplugged. He does seem to be a little unplugged. Brian Landry's full autopsy released with gruesome new details. Hmm. Um Grizzly New Details emerged, the death of Brian Landry. Majority's bones were discovered scattered on plain slate. oh, okay. All right. Well, the animals got to him. Well, what do you expect? He's out in the desert. Single bullet entered his head at the left temple. Ah, full full autopsy. Vast majority of the skeleton. Ah, my goodness. Well, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and you have animals. I mean, that's. I'm not sure exactly what they think is going to happen. You don't know, just sound like a movie. Find them intact. So that story is still um. So bizarre what happened with that poor girl. But let me just see what else. Uh, DC to end COVID restrictions for indoor venues. Hey, tomorrow night, that's going to be a packed, sold-out Dunkin' Donuts Center. As number eight, eight, the PC Friars are going to take on number 10 Villanova. A top 10 matchup tomorrow night at the Dunk. And, oh. Oh. I didn't know this. David Cicilline was on Morning Joe. I joined he put out to discuss big tech is hurting small business and what we're doing about it. You know, I, I don't understand the people that continue to vote for him in the first district. Um, I mean, he he he's carrying on the tradition. Uh, Patrick Kennedy. Was basically just an attack dog for the Democrat Party. Cicilline has just carried that on. He really hasn't done anything to um, help them. It's also, as I was saying earlier, the way that the protesters are being depicted... The way the protesters are being depicted in Canada compared with how protesters in the past were depicted during the course of the summer and fall of 2020, right? Like that stuff was all fine. You also, folks, you just wonder, um, the, the mainstream media is really not going into This business, it seems very clear at this point, and this this news kinda broke over the weekend, the way that they were spying on President Trump. With the exception of Fox, they really have not been paying a lot of attention to that. But I also want to mention once again, I I think our primary system, it's it's seemingly the reason why our primary is so late is it's geared to not give the republicans an advantage and i mean does that make sense to anyone when you you look at the fact that now today is monday it is february 14th and the rhode island primary is tuesday september 13th so that's the prime on that day You'll know who's going to go on to the general election for governor and then also the congressional races. So that's Tuesday, September 13th. Well, you then have two, two weeks left of September. You have the month of October. And then November 8th is Election Day. Then it's just like a full sprint. So the time for the general election is basically seven weeks. I mean, I I just don't understand how you end up with um, the best. It's whoever wins the primary. Number one, then they, you know, have to regroup after they have probably spent a tremendous amount of money. But then on top of that, it's it's just it's not a tremendous amount of time for the uh, Republicans to kind of regroup. If you go back to 2014, after she won the primary... Rhode Island then General Treasurer Gina Raimondo she went underground she basically went underground she did the Planned Parenthood appearance and then they took her off she was nowhere to be found for like five weeks folks this portion of the John DePietro show right now at one fifty five on this Monday it's brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, forty Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln they're waiting for you a great meal. Some uh, drinks and fun is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, another good place to watch the game tomorrow night. Right there, the full bar, large dining area at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Bricknick Co. Road in Lincoln. All right, folks, good afternoon. Again, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 909.9 FM. Everyone seems a little surprised at just how much, uh, snow, how much snow we got. Uh Far more than people realize. I mean, the good news is it's melting today, and hopefully as the week goes along, it'll continue to vote. But let me, uh, voting is already underway in the Texas primary. This is, uh, Meet the Press had this Damn it. story. Let me play this. Welcome
6: back. You hear the music. That means the 2022 midterms are officially open. Voters are voting in Texas early voting, that is, ahead of the Lone Star State's March 1st primary. And the storylines we're following out of Texas run the gamut as both sides look for clues on voter attitudes headed into this midterm cycle. We'll start with the governor's race. Republican incumbent Greg Abbott is facing a few primary challengers on his right. He's expected to win the primary, but we'll be watching these margins pretty closely ahead of his likely November face-off with Democrat Beto O'Rourke. Then there's Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. He's also facing some high-profile Republican challengers. He's got Texas Land Commissioner George P. Bush, former state Supreme Court Justice Eva Guzman, even outspoken Congressman Louie Gohmert. Paxton, of course, spoke at the January 6th rally ahead of the Capitol attack, and he's been dogged by a years-long securities fraud investigation. But he's up by more than 20 points in a pullout today. He's been endorsed by Trump, so is Abbott. Over on the left, the most interesting primary matchup, it's that rematch we've been telling you about between Congressman Henry Cuellar and progressive Jessica Cisneros in Texas 28th District. Now, this is a district Republicans are hopeful they could flip in November, by the way. Cuellar is leaning on his record on the border while denying any wrongdoing connected to that recent FBI search of his home and his campaign office. Cisneros won the endorsement of Bernie Sanders this morning and campaigned over the weekend with Congresswoman Alexandria Uh Ocasio-Cortez. We're also following a race to the right as Republicans look to fill retiring Republican Congressman Kevin Brady's seat outside of Houston, and a totally wide-open contest on both sides in a House district south of Austin. So, circle your political calendars for March 1st. If that day sounds familiar, it's also the date of President Biden's State of the Union address. And stick with NBC News all along the
0: way for the late. You know, it's interesting. Beto O'Rourke has a primary and you'd never know it from from that piece. You would uh, never know it. From that piece. Oh, here's Con- Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline on Morning Joe
2: playing field and stop
4: some of the worst anti-discriminatory practices they're engaged in to bring competition back
1: into the digital marketplace
3: so so if you compare down for us what are some of the most important recommendations that have been made and what's been the response so far from some of these large companies
2: well uh you know i think the my
4: legislation as an example will prohibit uh, these uh, platforms
0: all right folks you watch he um I am hearing he wants to do one more term in office, and then after that, he's gonna he's running for reelection this November. But I've heard that's it, and then he wants to go and start uh, making money with, uh, you know, with big tech. That's what I that's what I have heard from people that he then has decided that is again Rhode Island congressman. First District David Cicilline, he is f- <coughs> facing some challengers again um but they um that's that's what i have heard that this is going to be his final he's not announcing that but he is not going to run for reelection after this and certainly could make a lot of money working then for these big tech companies that he's been going after well folks it's 159 It's John DePietro. Now, coming up, you're going to have the 2 o'clock news, and then it's going to be the John Dion program. The melting continues. Again, the big local story coming up tomorrow night. Providence College, the PC Friars men's basketball team, has now jumped to number 8 in the country, and they host number 10 Villanova tomorrow. Hey, listen, happy Valentine's. Enjoy yourself on this Monday. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news.